The Daily Tap is live for Tuesday. We'll explain why Aaron Rodgers does not give a you-know-what about the Packers' 2023 plans and the succession of him at quarterback. We'll dive in there. We'll also talk about why the Bucks took advantage of the month of November. We will then go back to the Packers and do the playoff simulator for maybe the last time of the season. Although... <laughs> It's crazy, but I do believe there's a path at nine losses for Green Bay to still do it. So we might play it for two more weeks. Uh, We'll have to see, Uh, but we will discuss that, and then we'll do a Suburban Bar review. The Castle Inn uh, here in Brookfield, I will give my review, my thought on it, uh, as we kind of did with Mitch last week. Before we get going, just a reminder, following us along on social media, tapping the keg on Twitter, tapping the keg sports on Instagram and TikTok. Our TikTok, our Instagram, excuse me, that I referred to yesterday, uh, went just super viral in the last day and a half plus, and now it's over a hundred thousand views. It's the first time I've gotten over a hundred thousand views on anything I've done, so thank you for that. Nearly fifteen thousand likes. Uh, just an absolute monster. Uh, a buddy of Murph's shared it to him and like he's famous talking about myself. I'm like, I don't know about that. I just had one solid reel and I did nothing with it after the fact. Like I, I could have easily kept doing that type of stuff, um, which I'm trying to do more of again. I, I wish there were more people that I could train and help out and content create with me. It's just a lot, man. And if you are interested, I will. It's an open book. I'm happy to teach you. I'm happy to walk you through it. Um, it would be a great help to me. Um, so we can discuss that. Uh, hit me up on social. Uh, drop me a DM on Twitter or Instagram. I'd be happy to sort of walk you through what it might look like. And we could talk about, I don't know if there's really any compensation because I don't make any money. Uh, but I can figure out a way to help you out and in some some way, shape, or form. I think that would be great. So open invite. Uh, feel free to slide in these DMs if you have any sort of interest there. Uh, also, uh, make sure that you are rating and reviewing. Uh, we appreciate all the listens. It's been a really good month for us. Uh, one of our better months this year. Uh, so we'll drop more reviews. Um, so you guys are obviously liking our content. Uh, we'll keep trying to churn it out. I think it really helps when you can get out podcasts first thing in the morning uh, versus you know doing it at like eight or nine o'clock in the AM. I think there are a lot of you who listen overnight. I think there are a lot of you who get up early with us, which I love. And I really try to adhere to getting the podcast out to you guys, even if it means it kills me on sleep, which it will tonight again. Even though I got down here early, I was ready to go. Then I did a simulator. I got heard from a buddy. So it all of a sudden was like, it, it, it kind of spiraled, but that's okay. That, again, it's okay. Uh, I I will live with that, and that's and that's fine. And I will screw my sleep schedule for the Tappers. All right, let's talk about Aaron Rodgers and how he does not give a fuck about the future. I didn't want to swear at the beginning because I was like, well, maybe there are kids in the car. And I hope that we all know not to probably listen to this podcast with your children in the car. If a lot of you do, please let me know because I will try to turn, tone it down on the swearing. But this one will be a little bit swear heavy because it's the, the name of the podcast title and it's what I want to talk about. And it's just that Aaron Rodgers does not give one fuck about anything that people have talked about for the last day plus, right? Pete Doherty, Tom Silverstein, the local media 
media came out saying that Aaron Rodgers should be benched. I'm sure the talking heads did as well. I don't really pay that close attention. Truth be told, I hit the bike today instead of going to the gym because that was the best way for me to detox from a long Thanksgiving weekend. So I did not get to see Stephen A. Smith probably saying the same thing. Skip Bayless probably saying something of it. I did see Colin Cowherd mention it after the game yesterday. But the fact of the matter is, is that Aaron Rodgers does not give a fuck about the Packers' succession plan. Aaron Rodgers is going to ride this thing until he's done. And now I know what everybody's going to say. I know that they're going to say that Aaron Rodgers is being selfish, but I am here to tell you that every quarterback would do the exact same thing. Tom Brady, before him, Drew... Drew Brees, Ben Roethlisberger, these guys are going to go down with the ship. Peyton Manning, I mean, Peyton Manning's arm was ready to fall off in Denver, and Peyton Manning was out there every fucking week. So don't give me this idea that Aaron Rodgers is being selfish. He is no different than any of the other quarterbacks out here. And this same situation happened to Aaron Rodgers in 2006. Now, Brett Favre probably didn't have the injuries that Aaron Rodgers did, and we referred to this yesterday, and I'll probably refer to it a lot. But the Packers were 4-8. The Packers were pretty much done. I don't even think there was a chance in the playoffs then because there was only six teams. And who knows what the NFC looked like that year. I'd have to go back and investigate that for you. But the fact is, is like no one was clamoring for Aaron Rodgers in that moment. Everybody wrote it out with Brett Favre. Now, this was when, this is years and years ago, and this is ions ago, when we probably didn't know better. And the Packers would then win four straight games and be 8-8 eight and eight to finish off their year and screw them out of a high draft pick. And we could probably go back to the 2007 draft and see how that fucked over the Packers, because I'm sure it did. But Brett Favre didn't care right? Brett Favre did not care. And Aaron Rodgers does not care. He wants Jordan Love to succeed, but he doesn't want to see him succeed at his expense. And we want to say, oh, that's him being selfish. That's him putting himself over the team. It is what every quarterback would do. So I have no problem with Aaron Rodgers going that route. And I know that sucks for a lot of you. I know there are a lot of you that want Jordan Love and that you think that Jordan Love is the answer. And maybe he is, right? Maybe the Packers would have had a similar year to Seattle with Geno Smith leading Seattle's offense the way that Seattle wanted to run their offense last year, but Russell Wilson refused and stuck his feet in the sand and said, no way, I'm not going to do that. And some believe that that is kind of what Aaron Rodgers is doing. Now, I I will point out that Seattle's lost two straight games. Water is starting to kind of fill up in the boat. Uh, I wouldn't say it's like overflowing. Like the Giants right now, the boat is overflowing, right? And and this just goes back, and not to sidetrack this conversation, but if the Packers would have played the Giants right now, don't you feel a lot better about that game? Do you feel a lot better about the Jets if it was the Zach Wilson malaise of the last couple weeks? Sometimes it's all about when you play a team. And man, oh man, is that the truth for the Green Bay Packers. I could even argue Buffalo, right? Josh Allen has an elbow injury. Josh Allen has not looked like the same quarterback since said elbow injury. The Lions were dead in the water for a couple weeks prior to that Packers game. And then all of a sudden, they kind of got up for Green Bay, which is understandable. Everybody does. I, it's it's unfortunate. It's It truly is. Um, but that being said, going back to Aaron Rodgers, he, he's going to play this out, guys. There's way too much on the line here. 
as crazy as it sounds, the Packers have a couple reasonable paths to get to the playoffs. Because the teams that we mentioned, Seattle and New York, can easily start falling apart. And there's a way, and as a little spoiler for the simulator, simulator later this segment, this podcast, excuse me, Packers could be in the playoffs in week 16. Yes, and not even a week 18. They could be there in week 16 at 8-8, eight and eight, okay? Or there at 7-8 and eight a week earlier. There are feasible paths for that, as crazy as that fucking sounds right now. So Aaron Rodgers is not going to throw in the towel. Not yet. If the Packers lose to the Bears and they now have nine losses on the season, they still have a chance. There is still a heartbeat. But maybe that heartbeat gets put out to pasture the week after in the bye week. And then it is Jordan Love time on Monday night against Los Angeles Rams, which would be a great test for him. Especially if the Rams have some of their guys there. Who knows, though? The Rams are in a fascinating spot because all their guys keep getting hurt and they don't have a number one pick. And if they did, they could draft a D, you know, Will Anderson alongside Aaron Donald is terrifying. Or draft a quarterback for the future, draft CJ Stroud, draft Will Levis. And have them be under Matt Stafford for a year or two. But the Rams can't do any of that. Instead, they're giving their pick to the Detroit Lions. So who knows what the Rams look like in a couple weeks. And that might be the time for Jordan Love. But you have to be patient. Because Aaron Rodgers does not care. And that's okay. It's not a big deal. We're, we, we hang way too much on Aaron Rodgers. And people in the media want to create stories out of absolutely nothing. Pete Bukowski is at it again. And I, I really liked a lot of the stuff Pete did, but he's kind of strayed too far from the sun. I mean, I would tell him that. And he's exposed people for, you know, criticizing him and then asking to go on his podcast. I would tell Pete, I would timestamp it. I'd be like, here's when I talk shit about you, okay? I still would, would open a conversation, try to understand what the hell happened and why... Rodgers has gotten so far in his fucking head. But Deshaun Kaiser was on a podcast and basically said, like, Aaron Rodgers asked him to look up the conspiracies to 9-11. And if you take it at that clip, you're like, holy fuck. That is really fucking weird. That is strange. But then Kaiser talks about how it was meant to open up dialogue. It was it had him ask some questions and wanted him to understand how some people thought about major world events. And he talks about how it created great discussion and they shared books and they had, it seemed like a really good relationship. Yet we're all going to take that first part, just like Pete did, okay? And it's so stupid. Everybody is so, there are so many that are out on Aaron Rodgers. And whether it started with the COVID stuff, whether it was the ayahuasca, the psychedelics, whether it's stuff like this where he pretends he's a little too smart. And I'll agree, he is a weird dude. But Tom Brady, also a weird guy. Drew Brees, a weird guy. All right? Like, there are weird quarterbacks all over our fucking country. One of them gets hand jobs on the regular and acts like it's not a big deal. Oh, I'm sorry, non-consensual hand jobs. I mean, if you get a regular hand job, whatever. It is what it is. If that's what you're into, if that's your kink, good, good on you. But it needs to be consensual. And it wasn't for Deshaun Watson. I 
think we can all agree that quarterbacks can be a little bit bizarre. And I just, I, I roll with it, man. Like, I, I just think it makes the viewing experience that much better because this is who you're stuck with. Now, I, I'm a hypocrite in the same sense because I, I think a lot of people are resigned to the fact Joe Barry's going to be here the rest of the year. And that's probably another podcast topic for another time. But I went into a group chat basically bitching about LaFleur not getting rid of Joe Barry. And they were all like, yeah, whatever, man. He's going to stay here for another year. And, or not another year, excuse me. At the end, he's, he's going to stay here until the end of the year. And they were all okay with it because they're like, this is a lost season. It doesn't matter. And I'm still over here like, he's still have a shot at the playoffs. Like, I mean, you know, I, I don't know. But anyways, I think sometimes you we get too caught up in all of this stuff. And we also like want the players to do what we want them to do, right? We want them to represent us. And there there needs to be this like break that sometimes these guys aren't us. That's why I love Charles Barkley's commentary about athletes aren't role models. He's absolutely fucking right. Athletes are nowhere near role models. Yes, there are kids who need athletes to look up to. But I will say Wisconsin has great athletes to look up to with Giannis Antetokounmpo and Christian Yelich, right? Like those are guys to look up to. There are, you know, collegiate examples of that as well. So there are other outlets. It doesn't have to be Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Jones is a great role model for kids and he's on the Packers. I'd say A.J. Dillon is a great role model. I would venture to say David Bakhtiari. Um, you know, like there are other guys. It doesn't have to be Aaron Rodgers. And I'm not telling you how to fan, but I'm also like, you need to open up your, you need to kind of open up your vision. You need to think about this a little bit deeper and a little more construct than just Aaron Rodgers is being selfish and I want to see Jordan Love. Because that is not football. That's not how it works. And yes, the hot take analysts will spew that because that is great for Instagram. That's great for TikTok. But at the end of the day, it is not real life. Grow up Peter Pan. Grow up Count Chocula. If Aaron Rodgers is playing, he is going to go down with the ship. And he does not give a fuck if it is on fire. Does that mean that Jordan Love can't be seen in a game? No. Could be one bad hit for Aaron Rodgers in the game against Chicago, and he's out, and Jordan Love is in. You think Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to light up this awful Chicago defense that Mike White out of the clouds put up 31 fucking points against? You don't think Aaron Rodgers wants his his shot? You don't think Aaron Rodgers wants his skin? Of course he does. He loves beating the Bears. And this is an ample opportunity. Then you remember Joe Barry struggled to defend a mobile quarterback in Jalen Hurts, and he might have to do the same thing in Justin Fields, and it makes you quiver. See what happens, but Aaron Rodgers is, is your quarterback until further notice. Let's move on to the Milwaukee Bucks. So I, I want to talk about the Bucks yesterday after their great win against the Dallas Mavericks, where the one wire to wire uh, was definitely a good palate cleanser when you were watching the Philadelphia Eagles and the Green Bay Packers. But we ran out of time and the Luke Fickle news was obviously superseded that. And I'm going to do a bigger Luke Fickle topic probably tomorrow. Uh, I want to talk kind of what the future 
of Wisconsin looks like and what success looks like for Luke Fickle. And then I think on Thursday, we will do storylines. So that's kind of what you can expect roadmap-wise is like main topic things, unless something changes, unless there's obviously breaking news and we will pivot to those. But yes, the Bucks took care of business in the month of November. The Bucks were down some of their best players to start this season. They didn't have Chris Middleton. They didn't have Joe Ingles. They also had guys bounce out during the during the month of November. You had Drew Holiday miss a significant amount of time. You had Giannis Antetokounmpo miss a significant amount of time. But regardless of all of that, Green Bay or Milwaukee, pardon me, is either going to be 15 and five or 14 and six to end the month of November, pending a Knicks result on Wednesday. You have to be impressed with the Milwaukee Bucks and what they've done so far. And I would argue they have not played their best basketball. There are certain players that are playing great, and we're going to highlight that in a little bit here. But Giannis Antetokounmpo has been on and off, right? We all pushed the panic button against after the Philadelphia game. I shouldn't say we all. I didn't. Mitch didn't. We all told you not to worry about Giannis. If you go back to that Tap in the Keg podcast, Mitch and I basically told you that you do not need to worry about Giannis Antetokounmpo. And sure enough, we were proven right because we know ball, okay? Um, it's an overused term. It's it's up there with the annals of he's got some dog in him or he's him. It's like the third one, right? It's like he's got like dog number one. Like we way overused dog. Like Pat McAfee, I like Pat McAfee. I wouldn't say I love Pat McAfee. I think some people who are like over the top on Pat McAfee just need to expand their horizons a little bit, but that's here and are there. Uh, but Pat McAfee calls everybody a dog. Like, they are always dog. Like, that's all it is for Pat McAfee. That's all he has. Like, it's his fail-safe word. He's like, that guy is a dog. That guy is a dog. Like, if you did a drinking game for Pat McAfee in college game day about how many times he calls guys dogs, you would be fucking drunk, okay? We need some more We need some more vocab for Pat. And Pat would just be like, well, I'm a, you know, that's just who I am. I, I, don't, I don't know better, guys. I'm just so blessed. I, I, again, I like Pat McAfee, but... Just, you know, we can turn down the modesty just, just a tad. Okay. So anyways, um, yes, uh, <laughs> I don't even know where we are. Oh, I was talking about knowing ball. Yes. Uh, but no, seriously, like it is, it, it was a really good month with not having the best of Giannis at all times. And this last week was great. Giannis won Eastern Conference Player of the Week. He won it for the second time this month do you I don't think you'd make a case that Giannis is player of the month I don't think that's there I think that probably belongs to Jason Tatum Tatum's had an incredible start to the season as well as the Boston Celtics who at some point I'm sure we'll talk about when the Bucks and Celtics clash later in December but I also thought that you had some on and off stuff from Bobby Portis he wasn't always the sharpest I thought that your obviously your bench was light at times without Giannis uh, without Holiday as mentioned but the Bucks still found a way to get it done and still found a way to take advantage of a very easy schedule with a lot of road games or home games, excuse me. That is so, so big because they took advantage before it gets really tough. And we'll talk about that here in a moment. And that's going to pay off dividends when times get tough. And I think it's also really important for Bucks fans to understand, I'm not saying this is not sustainable, but you have to understand that there is going, there are rough patches ahead. Maybe they won't come when we expect it, but there are going to be rough patches. There was a pseudo rough patch. What was that? Middle, 
They lost, did they lose three shit games at one point this year already? No, they lost three of four. Uh, actually, four of six. Yeah, it was four of six. They lost four of six after starting nine and zero. And so that was a little bit, little bit rough. But I, again, like you'll take fourteen and or fifteen and five or fourteen and six any day of the week to start your season to go through essentially the first twenty percent of the season. That's really good for the Milwaukee Bucks. Player of the month for me is Brooke Lopez. Uh, he's been just awesome. Uh, his defense defense has been otherworldly. Uh, he's blocking shots at a high rate. It, he's had multiple games with six or more blocks. He is an, a complete force and looks like a different person post-back surgery and a full, healthy offseason. It's been a joy to watch Brooke on the defensive side of the ball. It's also been fun to watch him offensively because he's doing a lot. Sometimes he's nailing threes. Sometimes he's getting down in the post. He's been a leading scorer for the Bucks on a couple of different occasions. He's had some big offensive outputs where they've used Brooke Lopez scoring to you to supplant it with Giannis, right? Or sometimes Giannis isn't that great and Brooke steps up. Brooks also helped out when Giannis and Drew have been missing. So I, I give it to Brooke Lopez. I, I think it's been a great month for him. I really hope there's not a lot of de- defensive player of the month or player of the year stuff with Brooke Lopez. Because as I've mentioned a couple times on this podcast, I looked at that at 251. You can go back. It was like a Friday podcast. I think we were doing Bucks Futures uh, right before the NBA season. And I was like, oh, Brooke Lopez, 251 defensively. That's interesting. And I was at the game watching Brooke play defense. I'm like, if you just put $5 on that, like, and you could hedge it, right? At some point you could be like, all right, yeah, this might be real. Um, And I don't know what the odds look like now. Um, I haven't gandered to look. Maybe we'll do it for a Friday show because I've talked about it so much that maybe I just need to look at it and at least take it. Even if it's like 100 to one or it's like 50 to one, just take it. So I have some sauce that I have a little bit of cash on it. And I don't miss out on that opportunity. But now I I feel like it's lost. I think that's actually a very good question for like a big cat, right? Who gambles a bunch. Do you go back to that that future well, even though you lost out on supreme value? I don't know. It's a a really, really tough question. As for things to watch, things to pay attention to, I think just Javon Carter's overall development has been such a revelation this year. Um, I, I There's a real argument to be made that Javon Carter should be starting when Chris Middleton comes back. I think Grayson Allen has as much of a case. Grayson Allen has made 50% of his threes in the month of November. He's been really good as well. Carter and, and Allen almost feel like they're pushing each other night in, night out. I think the worry with Carter is the fact that he sometimes can have stinkers, right? Like sometimes he's it's just all defense and he exerts a ton defensively. And then you see absolutely nothing from him on the offensive end. But the 36 points against Oklahoma City was great. He's averaging 9.4 points per game as well as 3.1 assists per game. So a really good start to the year for Javon Carter. And he's starting to kind of pick up the pace in terms of offensive output Uh, we just saw the last two games where he had 18 points against Cleveland uh, with five made threes and then last night he had 14 points with two made threes 
Uh, so really good stuff. 14 and 6, too. We also had 6 assists. I'm telling you, him and Grayson are pushing right now. It's almost, I almost wonder if there is a pseudo competition going on between those two guys. Grayson Allen averaging 11 points. His PR actually a touch higher at 15 per game. Uh, and great. And the thing with Grayson is there are less, there are less stinkers there. I mean, he was seven of eight from three in the game against Cleveland. He had, he had a 25, or I'm sorry, Dallas, 25 points. Uh, and that was his third game in the last four with 10 or more points. I think it's getting really hard, hard to trade Grayson Allen. And I, I don't think I would do it at this point. I really don't. I, I am kind of team no, no, no trades. Let's see just how the next few months go. Let's see how this team gels when Ingles and Middleton are back. Another thing to watch and keep an eye out for the Bucks in the month of November, the December schedule. It gets really, really tough. This is from Jake Reitz, uh, who is a Bucks Twitter guy. Uh, he said this. Bucks have a rough, rough schedule coming up from De- Wednesday, which is tomorrow, through the end of December. They go 32 days, 16 games, 11 games on the road. No consecutive home games, which means they have to travel for every game. That is fucking brutal. That is absolutely tough. And the thing I pointed out, or, I think, or the thing that I kind of noticed with that schedule is it really, really gets tough starting on December 13th against the Golden State Warriors. I realize the Warriors have not won a road game, or they've won one road game this year, so they've been a very bad road team. But still, it's the Warriors, right? They can get hot and be a team you don't want to play in a couple weeks. And after that game, they go to Memphis, and they basically play playoff team, projected playoff teams at this point for the next eight games, with six of them being on the road, including a Christmas showdown with the Boston Celtics. It's not... It's not easy, man. And we go back to building up these wins and why November was so important. This is why. It really helped with the Bucs stayed healthy uh, with the guys they got and getting the guys back. Uh, Mike Dunlap, who is actually a sneaky great follow on Twitter. He's a Bucks assistant. He kind of leaked out today, this morning. I don't know if it's been deleted. I should look. I feel bad because it's almost like he's like talking to his friends. He doesn't realize that like Buck's Twitter is hanging on his words. Um, but it is, I mean, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate his honesty. And yeah, he didn't, he, he didn't delete it. I fucking love this guy. Like, this is great. He, he and he like, he goes, Buck's Mavs, boil it down. Both teams shot three ball. And therefore, no lead was safe. GA was percolating at magic level. BL, Brooke Lopez, covering the paint and rim. JH and JC smothering D. Uh, so Javon Carter, Andrew Holiday. BP, middle game, as nasty as his post-up game. Notes, PC coming back. Uh, Pat Conton, that is. KM close. JI, Joel Ingles. Xmas surprise. Almost looks like Jing uh, or Zing. Uh, who not, not a good time right now to be uh, Zing Jinping in uh, China, uh, but that's here and are there. Bucks fans are secret weapon. He just let the cat out of the bag. Like I fucking love this guy. Like we know we never get that information from any of the Bucks coaches. And here's Buck coach just on Twitter giving up a recap. I fucking love this. Like this is great. So when will we get Chris Middleton back? Is is the question. Um, I I don't know. 
I, I really hope it's soon, man. I, I would really, really love that. I love the fact that Joe Ingles is going to be back maybe by Christmas. That would add so much spice to that Christmas game. I'm telling you right now that I'm going to have to have a long convo with my parents. My parents not big Bucks fans. Um, we usually do Christmas in the afternoon, Christmas whirlwind day. Um, any holiday really is a whirlwind day for my wife and I. We did two Thanksgivings. We do Christmas Eve with my parents, Christmas morning with her parents, and Christmas afternoon, which will be Packers Dolphins, with more of her side of the family, and then a Christmas night thing with my parents. Again, a goddamn whirlwind for really 30 to 45 hours. Uh, but anyways, it's here and there. I love it. I, I'm blessed. I'm not taking it for granted at all. I, I don't want anyone to think that because I don't. It's an amazing thing that we do and I'm so grateful for family. So please do not take it that way. It's just a lot. And just got to keep your mentals, right? Um, and you got to make sure you have all your topics in a row, know who you're talking to. But anyways, Bucks Celtics is going to be so much fun and we're going to have to watch that entire game as a family. And I hope they enjoy joy hoops. My dad, my dad's getting better with the Bucks. Like I tried to sell him on watching more Bucks basketball with Packers struggling. It hasn't really permeated with him. Tried to get him more in um, on Marquette. Um, hasn't exactly permeated with him. He's a Marquette grad. I'm probably gonna have to text him tonight and be like, Marquette Baylor 7:30 FS1. Um, just kind of give him the viewing guide and help him out because that's, that's what you do for your dad because he doesn't know the channels and the schedule as well as you do. But that's you know it's just the sun helping out his helping out his pops. But yes, I am I'm very excited for Christmas Day, um, and I'm very excited to see what the Bucks are made of in December. It's not going to be easy. Um, I think there are going to be some Giannis, Giannis rest games and some Giannis what or some Bucks white flag games, as Mitch likes to call them. I look at that Charlotte game on Saturday, which I think is the Bucks' third game in four nights. Yeah, that's one you can win without Giannis. Or the Orlando game, I think the Monday after. Like one of those, sit Giannis, it's okay. Um, we don't need Giannis playing in every game. And I, I think we'll I think we'll live with that. All right, let's move on to the playoff simulator. Like I said, we might have one more week of this. There might be a third week if the even if the Baggers lose. Um, and where basically we take what's been going on in the NFL and simulate out the playoffs thanks to ESPN and see what we're dealing with. And if I believe that the Packers are going to be a playoff team. I have a realistic version and a fake life version. Realistic is me understanding that the Packers are probably not equipped to beat the Miami Dolphins. If you watched that defense last Sunday, there is no way that you can feel good about them beating the Miami Dolphins. I sure as fuck do not. So this is my realistic um, playoffs at this very moment. And if we look, we're not really going to look at what changed. I do have it here. Um, I'm more in on Philadelphia than I was last week. So what I have is Philadelphia as the one seed, San Francisco and Seattle at the 2-7. So Seattle replaces the Giants. I said the 49ers at that three spot last week. And then Minnesota, Washington as your three Six, so I'm a little higher on Washington, and then Tampa Bay, Dallas. So we flip Philly and Dallas. I, the more I thought about it, the more I was like, you know what? I like, so that's like my realistic, right? On that side, fake life, same matchup except it's Green Bay, San Francisco. 
So there is a real chance that Green Bay could get all the way back. They could crawl, they could scrap back and get out of this hole and run the table from now until the end of the year only to play the fucking 49ers in the wild card. Ain't that about a bitch. Like, the Packers have not caught a break all year. We've talked about it a lot on this podcast. I've definitely, if you're on text threads with me, you've gotten a lot of like, Packers just can't catch a break. That would be the ultimate reward, right? <laughs> of like, wow, this has not been their year. They play their arch nemesis, the 49ers, and yet another year where San Francisco could eliminate Green Bay, which I think would be five in Aaron Rodgers' career, it would be modern-day Dallas. Um, and we'd have to do a lot of history lessons on the 90s Cowboys. And this would you could argue this might be worse. The Cowboys, I think, only did it three times. So, yes, that, that would just be an ultimate kick in the nuts. Um, the realistic for the AFC, in case you're wondering, in case you cared, I have it as KC1, which doesn't change. I have Tennessee, New England. I have the Chargers in, but I'm a little, I'm kind of in on Vegas. Like I feel like Vegas can make, I'm not saying they're going to make a run, but the AFC can get kind of interesting right now. I don't think enough people are kind of talking about the fact that, all right, Vegas is four and seven. They've had a bunch of one-score losses. They're defensively not great, but they can they can score with the best of them. And Cleveland, four and seven now, they get Deshaun Watson back. All of a sudden, if Deshaun Watson is what he used to be, which we have no idea, right? I mean, Cleveland, Houston, as much as the NFL will try to bury that game, I cannot wait to see the maps of that game. I'm very curious to see how Deshaun Watson performs. I think he's a scumbag piece of shit, but I'm very curious to see what we would get out of Deshaun. I think the only thing we could look at to see like what the performance might be is Michael Vick, right? I think Michael Vick was out of the league for maybe a little bit longer than Deshaun. I'd have to look back, but that's, I think, the only real example we have of a guy who was awesome, left the game for multiple years, and had a lot of public scrutiny, and then came back. So we have to look and see if there if there is anything there. If Vic was awesome out the gate, great. But I would imagine it's going to take some time for Deshaun to be Deshaun again. But it wouldn't surprise me if he gets the Browns a couple more wins. Obviously, Cleveland will play it out till the end because they do not have their draft pick. So that makes it interesting. So yes, um, and that's probably why I scooted out LA uh, in, in favor of New England. And then I, well, I did have New England in already. Um, the team, who does who replaces them? Oh, Cincinnati replaced them. Uh, so I have Buffalo, Miami. Um, I will say this about Miami. So Miami right now is, I think, leading the AFC East. I have a tough time believing in Miami come December. I am a kid of the 90s, okay? And I, this is a little homework. Even if you were a kid of the 90s, Dan Marino fucking sucked in December. He was an awful quarterback in the month of December. And the Dolphins would consistently fall apart in December. So my dumb brain is going to believe that Dolphins are not built for cold weather until I see it. I will bet against it. They play there in New England. They're in Buffalo. As a team, as a guy, and I know no one cares about this, who has a really good fantasy team that involves a lot of Dolphins, I am terrified of this potential 
this basically potential death knell to my fantasy season because I, I, I do worry about it. Basically because of th- things that happened in the 90s that have no correlation to the team on the fucking field. Anyways, so Buffalo-Miami, and then the last one, Baltimore-Cincinnati, which I believe is flipped from Baltimore-Miami last week. I actually, I got to say, I like the matchups better from last week. Like, Buffalo knew, ah, uh, no, actually, take bet. Uh, I'm okay with I, I like these a little bit better. I mean, if it's Tampa-Dallas, the NFL is going to come everywhere. That is going to be just a absolute, like, you know, whatever prime, like Fox will get that, I hope, I would assume. Um, I don't know how it all works. I, I used to be, I think I bitched about this last week, but probably bitch about this until we finished doing the simulator. I used to be so good at figuring out the matchups and figuring out what networks, and now it's just a free-for-all. It's just an orgy, right? It's like the 70s, it's LA in the 70s. It's just everybody putting their penis in everything instead of knowing like this is a Fox game, this is a CBS game, this is like ESPN, ABC, the fucking three o'clock game no one really cares about. Like we used to live in a society and now it's just all over the place. Okay. Speaking of societies, um, I don't know if this is a new segment. Um, It's percolating on a new segment. Uh, the Suburban Bar Review. We talked a lot about Suburban Bars last week on Tab in the Cow. You will listen to that. Mitch and I went to another Suburban Bar on Saturday called the Castle Inn. We were going to go to Baylor's Lounge. Um, I didn't make it over there. Um, and I got to say, Castle Inn, I had a great fucking time. I don't know if the tap lines were clean. Felt a little sick uh, Sunday morning. Not going to lie. That was a point against. Um, did not have that problem when I was in... Wauwatosa, so that is definitely a point against. The energy there was great. I got a free beer out of it. Um, the bartenders were very prompt, uh, which I appreciated. Um, it, the vibes were great. Uh, the TVs were pretty solid. I could turn the TVs easily. There was no hemming and hawing. There was no DJ playing. The tunes were pretty solid. It was a small bar, um, right? Like if you if we brought five or six friends there, uh, we would fill up the bar. I, uh, yeah, I think so. Right, it's maybe a little bit bigger than that, but it's a fucking house, man. So you're not you're not gonna bring a group of twenty there. You if you bring a group of twenty there, you're filling it up. Like if I wanted to do a tapping the keg Christmas crawl, which has been rumored, and I think if I'm gonna do it, I have to like plan it out pretty soon. But I will just throw that out there. It's been it's it's been talked about. But if we were to do a Christmas crawl, it would be tight in there. Um, so yes, I, I liked it though. Uh, I, I thought it was good. Um, definitely a point towards the Brookfield areas versus the Wauwatosa areas. I will say too, um, it, it's uh, it's just kind of nice to have a bar you can walk to around here, right? It's obviously different than Brady Street, right? I was ten minutes away from Brady when I lived down in Milwaukee. And you had a lot more options, right? You had Nomad, you had Hosed, you had Roman Coin, you had Joe Cats, you had Jacks. Um, I'm trying to think of what other bars we'd go to on a pretty regular basis. We have every now and again, like a Nashville North, which I actually liked the only time I went there. Um, and now I have a, just a little old castle in. We also have Baylor's Lounge. I guess it used to be Hay Baylor's Lounge. Um, they changed that name. It looks like it should be Ballers, but it's Baylor's. We, did, we were going to go in there. And then my neighbor left his phone there and it kind of forced our hand home, which is probably an okay thing. I was pretty, 
Um, and then drank a couple beers with him in his garage. So it was, it was all good, man. And I had a lot of fun and definitely uh, was a, another point towards the suburb life. And I still, still have that itch to get back to Milwaukee. Like I, I, I woke up, I will say this. I woke up uh, on Sunday. Like I said, I wasn't feeling great. But I, I kind of woke up and was like, ah, to make it to Milwaukee again this weekend. And I was kind of like, is this life? Is this what it is? Because I, I kind of planned loosely to get down to Milwaukee one of the days and didn't make it. And I was like, is this just life now? It's, I, again, I, I think it's all about balance. Like, I, I don't think you need to be going down to Milwaukee every weekend. But I also don't think you need, oh, actually, you know what? I was in Milwaukee so long ago. I was there Wednesday. I went to Bucks game and then went out to Brothers. So I, I, should, I take that back. I was at least down there for a little while. All right, man. Take care. Uh, we're out of here. No more need to ramble. You guys have a great Tuesday. We'll back tomorrow. We'll talk. Luke Fickle, what success looks like at Wisconsin. If anything else breaks. I, I don't know if I want to do anything on Jose Abreu. Um, I guess I'll put it you here if I don't do a full segment on it. Yeah, we won't. We'll just leave it here. I don't want to give a fucking 36-year-old three years, $60 million. I like Jose Abreu. I don't like him at that price. Uh, no thank you. All right. Take care. Have a good one. Make sure you're rating and reviewing. Make sure you're following along on all the socials, Tapping the Keg Sports or Tapping the Keg. Uh, and yeah, if you're interested in helping out with some content creation stuff, I'd love to have a discussion. So drop me a DM um, and we can talk about what that looks like. All right. Have a good one. Take care. Have a good Tuesday. Back tomorrow. See you. Bye.